Hey guys, it's Dawn. If you would like to hear the How My Parents Raised Me podcast ad-free, and if you would like access to subscriber-only episodes, join me in the What's the Truth community. You can join via the Apple Podcast app. There's a link right there in the app. Or go to whatsthetruth.supercast.com. Links are in the show notes. Don't miss out on all the extra content I'm sharing. I can't wait to see you over there. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. The universe brought me people along the way to really parent me and help me and guide me and nudge me and just do all those things that lacked as a, as a child. And some of them have come for a season, for some for a reason. And I called them all. I, I would not be here. My, my, I would not be a, a sane human being considering where I come from if it wasn't for all these, what I call heroes and angels across my life. Just that have just come in there giving me little bits of wisdom, little guidance, a little encouragement, protection even. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 because of all these people that have come along the way to just teach me humanity and good. Welcome to How My Parents Raised Me. I'm Dawn Chitty. When we are born, we arrive here as pure and perfect souls, and the direction our life takes from that moment is deeply connected to what our parents bring to our lives. And what our parents bring to our lives is deeply connected to what their parents brought to their lives. And that's the cycle of families. I have always craved connection with real and raw stories to understand what makes you, you. What makes you the absolutely unique human that you are. Stories are medicine for the soul. They can connect us And they can change the world. And so in this podcast, I'm listening to beautiful souls sharing their story. 
what happened to them, how they got through and how they have healed and thrived despite everything to arrive right here in this moment. Content warning, if you are triggered by the themes of this podcast, please seek a helpline in your city. Hello, my beautiful friends, and welcome back. Healing and boundaries go hand in hand. Everyone on a healing journey needs to learn how to set boundaries. Don't miss this week's blog post, Mastering Boundaries, 10 Powerful and Effective Strategies. The link can be found in the show notes to this episode. Karina never had an emotional connection with her mum. Her mum was there physically, but never emotionally. Her mother just didn't have that connection to give. Karina says that she was not mothered, nurtured, empowered, loved or protected by either of her parents growing up. And Karina felt lonely a lot of the time. Her father wasn't around and Karina realized from a young age that if she wanted to go ahead and create an amazing life for herself, she would need to be the one to make that happen. In this quick chat episode, Karina explains the highs and lows of her life after moving out of home and going it alone and about the incredible people she calls her heroes and angels, the humans who turned up in her life for a reason or a season and who have given her the wisdom, guidance, encouragement and protection that she never received from her own family. We pick this story up as Karina is explaining how emotionally disconnected her mother was. To this day, she's still not emotionally available. I don't know, like she never shares anything. I don't know if she had her own trauma, what she, if she was also not, you know, parented. She's just not a person that is capable of having conversations, you know, or a one-to-one and actually really connect and be vulnerable enough to share. You and mm-hmm. I have had more of a conversation on that on this kind of level than ever than my mother. She's just not that almost infantile like. She just kind of got stuck wherever she got stuck. Yeah. Is, it's it's in- really unfortunate. It's interesting that thing of getting stuck, isn't it? That yeah. you you could spend a, an entire life never ever talking about anything other than surface level stuff it it must be yeah it must be so uncomfortable Don like it's it's just still alive and like it's just like I talk to strangers deeper depth than than my mother she's just not able it's just it's interesting and it's Mm. like it's unfortunate because she wasn't able to find love like she just wasn't able to just, you know, be loved and adored by somebody and just, just lonely. She's a lonesome person. Yeah. It's, it's really sad, isn't it actually? Yeah. And so when this sexual abuse happened, you obviously weren't able to turn to your mom for any kind of help. I mean, was there anybody in your life that was available to you? Did you have anybody to talk to? Not to talk to, I just had a couple of uncles that really were there for me. They would, because I was often alone, my mother was working or I was pawned around from house to house as she worked. My my two uncles would come and get me on the weekends and 
take me out and, you know, do something fun or take me to the beach. So they, we didn't really discuss it or I didn't even know how to discuss that. I was seven or nine, but they were there to kind of give me hope and of good humanity and good people, good, what a good guy is. Cause I didn't have good guys and I was actually abused. I was the, you know, two bad guys in my young life. So they gave me through their example, their goodness and generosity and taking me out and, you know, showing me fun. And they showed me that there is some good humanity. And I think that's what I, the beginning of me seeing that there is a lot more good than there is bad in the world. There's good people out there. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And it's just having somebody that is, it's just having somebody that's sort of beside you almost just having that one or two people, I think that, yeah, it's just just having somebody yeah. um, that's so important. And growing up with an emotionally unavailable mother, what happens to a girl when she's got to learn about being a woman? Because I I speak to my mum and she talks about like her mother never discussed anything with her about what happens to a girl growing up and, and all of that stuff. I mean, it, it must be quite a terrifying experience to go through puberty and, and all the rest of it when you just don't know what's going on. It was, she just wasn't capable. I remember we were in in America. We were ready for here. I was second to America when I was 12. So around 13, we were in Houston, Texas, and we were at a, party it was her employer's party and and somebody noticed that I had red in my pants a stranger and they called my mother and the party and she was frozen she did not know what to do and she kind of kind of gave me to these two women to take me to the bathroom and help me with what to do and I just I remember that vividly, just, she just, just not equipped. And she was, I mean, she was a hard worker. She owns her, you know, she bought a duplex in Mexico. And so she saw that she needed like streams of income to, to raise a child, but emotionally just completely out. And so I just had to just, I figured out at some point I'm, I'm, I had to fend for myself when I was little and all of my life. And the week after high school, for like the two last years of high school, I realized that if I need, if I was going to evolve, it wasn't, you know, it was going to, which I was, I had like a bigger hunger, you know, and, than she did. I, I started working a lot during high school and, and saving money. So then I could leave her. I said, I'm going to have to leave her because she's not going to take me to the next level. She does. She's not equipped. And I just have to just do it myself. And I left her the week after high school and I just became this little vagabond around Los Angeles and just, you know, infused myself into the, uh, the school of life. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible, isn't it? That you, you've just got this thing inside you that just says this, this isn't for me. I've got other stuff to do and I'm just going to, yeah, that must've been such a weird time though, just to be living like where were you even living at that time? So, you know, those ages, like teenage years, like mm. where we think we're invincible. Like yeah. we know it all. We can do it all. We're like fearless. So I think it was that energy that kind of 
took me out fearless. I kind of had a plan and I, things were placed, you know, in my life to kind of, you know, one step at a time. But during that time I had a boyfriend and his cousin got moved to, went to Yale university. So I went to the aunt, the mom, which is my, my boyfriend's then auntie. I said, Hey, since your daughter's going to be gone, can I, can I use your room until I can get on my feet? I'll give you a little bit of rent. I'll help you clean the house. And I stayed with her and her daughter's room until I found you know a couple of good jobs. And I started kind of Airbnb, kind of thing before Airbnb was a thing. I was just kind of using people's rooms or people's couches. And some would be more temporary or long, you know, to just depend on where I was at. And I did that for a lot, for a long time, for a long time. And, uh, and that, that was just very, very teaching. You know, you kind of learn, I learned about different neighborhoods in Los Angeles, people's houses, people's personalities, people's, you know, habits, all, you know, and it was an adventure. I, I was young. Yeah. <laughs> and it really is the school of life, isn't it? Yeah. Like you can go to university and do all of that, or you can get out there and just make it happen for yourself. And I think it's just an incredibly strong decision to do that. But we don't see it like that when we're young, do we? We're just like, no, I'm just going to do this now. I'm just going to make this happen. There was no plan. I just did. I just had to do. And and, and some people have a hard time with how quick decisions I make. I just go do it because I, that's what I'm used to. Just, I just have to do and like take the step and not, when I start overthinking stuff or really, I call it spinning, you know, like you span and span and span, like it's just not, it's the wrong decision. It's the wrong plan or it's the wrong thing. And I just stop. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's listening to your intuition, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's really just going with your gut instead of allowing that thinking mind to take over. And so you've grown up with no dad, a mother who you haven't been able to really rely on in any way. And then you've had the sexual abuse. And so all of that trauma, how does that impact you when you go out into the world and you start having relationships? Because that's when we often make those sort of bad choices, isn't it? We end up with people who are not good for us. Yeah, I was, I was gravitating to men for the wrong reasons. Maybe just accepting that any attention is good attention or just having a guy was better than not having one. That first boyfriend I was with for, for three years from high school to the end of high school. And he was a professional cheater and liar. Then my next boyfriend of two years was a professional cheater, liar, and alcoholic. Then the one after that was just really high and low I think he was bipolar or some kind of he had an imbalance of some kind back then we we weren't defining these things you know this was in early 90s so and he was just really erratic and that was a lot of emotionally just highs and lows and stalking and what have you then I got really tired so that was seven eight years of that you know back and with these men and I just I got tired. I decided to live by myself and because I was living with some of them and I just said, I need, I need a break. 
I need, I need, there's, there's something wrong here. This, I realized there was a pattern and I just started getting into back in the day, this was like the self-development era. And I just got into books and I started reading healing books, the soup for the soul and all that. Remember back in the day, like, well, you know, Walter Campbell and all kinds of stuff. And then I got into a lot also Gloria Steinem and Naomi Wolf and kind of reading about feminism and the empower, you know, Marianne Williamson, that book on woman's worth was very, very empowering for me. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of touched on the power of women, the power of like what ballers and badasses we really are and how powerful we really are. So I kind of started kind of developing myself in healing, empowering, doing some therapy. And I also, what I began was hiking a lot. And what I learned with hiking is that I, I found that there was a power in nature, healing through nature. And so I did a lot of that and, and just continued just healing modalities of all kinds as I've evolved. And then I prayed for a really good guy. I said, just like God, you know, cause I got on my knees, like I'm tired. I need help. And I prayed for a good guy. Oh, I had the whole package and he was the whole package. He came along and gorgeously handsome, really nice guy from Nebraska. And he was just kind and just protective and loving. And guess what I did? I was not ready. And I Mm. treated him horrible, horrible. I wasn't ready. And, um, and, and I was like, Oh shoot. Like I, I still need help. And then, uh, so it was, yeah, it was, that's where that father womb kind of manifested itself. So I just continued to, to just continue to heal, take time off. I decided I'm really going to live alone for at least a year and actually know how to handle a house. Like nobody taught me anything. I didn't know how to like write a check, a bank account. Like how do I pay the gas bill? Like how do you like actually pay rent? So all the credit score. Oh my God. Like all that stuff. So I said, let me like live completely alone and figure out how to do life, you know, and actually be comfortable because if I do have a love in the future, I want to make sure that I am comfortable alone in my own skin and I don't have to like be living with somebody all the time. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's, it's crazy, isn't it? That this amazing person turns up in your life and we just don't have any value. We just devalue ourselves so much. We don't, we don't believe that we deserve it. And mm-hmm. so we just sabotage it, right? I can't, I don't remember his last name, which is awful. But I do hope that one day I, I run into him and just apologize. He was just a good, he was good stock, good human being. And I just, I was not ready still for that kind of goodness. Mm. I needed to, like you said, value myself. And yeah. I know that I was worthy of that. It's yeah. so it's so unfamiliar though. Yeah. Um, and we are so drawn to the comfortable and the comfortable is always the trauma and I've I've been the same in my life when you see something that's that good it's just like what what is that right yeah. <laughs> what is that that I don't know what that is that can't be real just your second guess you, you and then you're like cautious like is this real are they like are they being honest why are they doing it? yeah 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. So you decided to live alone, and I think that's such a valuable thing to do, isn't it? Because we need to learn to sit with ourselves and just be with ourselves and not need to have anybody else in our lives. It's such a valuable time. Were you alone for very long? Yeah, about a year-ish. Yeah, about a year-ish. And then then what happened? And I got into roommates. I wanted to have a good roommate girlfriends, like like actually room with a a few. and And then lived alone again. Yeah. So, yeah, I did it for... Not a long time, but, but you know, enough time that I, now that I am divorced, that I'm okay in, in my own company. And I told my daughter, I have a 22 year old this year. I, you know, she graduates college. And when she returns this summer, he, I said, you know, she kind of wanted to room with some girlfriends and actually have some a place somewhere in LA because I live by the beach. So how about like, you know, a little bit living by yourself, like just having, cause she lives in a house with a bunch of roommates and she's lived in her house with her parents. So like, how about like giving, you know, six months of just living alone. And I don't think she's into it. <laughs> yeah. I think you've got to get to that point in your own head, I guess. Yourself. Yeah, yeah. But it is yeah. such a, it's such a valuable thing to do. I think because so many people, feel that they're so lonely when they're by themselves, but you don't need to feel lonely when you're by yourself, right? I mean, when we value ourselves, it's a whole different feeling. Right. Being able to do life without having to have another person in it and not feeling yeah. lonely. That's that's a pretty cool place to be. What what did you learn, do you think, from that breakdown when you hit rock bottom? What do you think you learnt the most from that? faith i'm deeply faithful god for me is i think because in mexico catholicism is fed to you like rice and beans it's just part of like your as part of the plate and so i spent a lot of time at church with a priest and a nun who really taught me compassion they really taught me they protected me a lot funny enough you know i wasn't sexually abused by them at the church but they actually gave me protection it's like, you know, the church doesn't have a really good rap about, you know, sexual abuse. So they actually did help this sort of lonesome gal. And they were, he was just, she was just loving and he was very protective and there was order. And that really helped me a lot 
because I didn't have any order. I didn't have any structure. I was, I had nothing as a child. And it, it, it brought me an appreciation for quiet meditation because that's what the church is. It's just quiet silence. So you kind of be okay in my own thoughts and silence. And so in my, when I hit my first bottom, which is, you know, in the twenties, early twenties, I just got on the ground and I just kind of said, I need help. And I was exhausted. I literally was need to help. And in faith, the next week, a bunch of different people came along my journey that are still friends to this day that are just, they just were, they centered me, not by, just by example and just loving and kind and good friends, good advice. And and yeah, that's just, it's a, it was a lot of that. It was a lot of just still, you know, I learned to be very introspective, make decisions. Is this the right decision? Is it not making mistakes? What can I learn from that mistake? So it was just really kind of getting in tune with, with who I am. Mm-hmm. As opposed to just hitting bottom and doing the same thing over again, you know? Yeah. I guess it sounds like finding some people in your life that almost are able to give you that mothering advice um, yes. that you didn't have because we all need that, don't we? We all need Ooh, yeah. that kind of mothering. It doesn't matter what age we are. We all yeah. we all love that, don't we, having that we person. Do. I have a ton of parents in my life right now, a ton of fathers and a ton of mothers. You guys have, you guys have Rotary. Yeah. So Rotary is an international and, you know, every local city and country has one and it's just, it's service above self and it's all volunteer work. We do, you know, small projects to big international projects from, you know, child abuse, domestic abuse to water, well, whatever, but there's good human beings in that group. And a a lot of them, they've become my parents. One of them is Jewish. I call her my Jewish mama. And the first bottom you know, my early twenties, when I did that, I need help. I need help. God, really the universe, whatever it is, all of it, you know, brought me people along the way to really parent me and help me and guide me and nudge me and just do all those things that lacked as a, as a child. And some of them have come for a season for some, for a reason, and I called them all. I, I would not be here. My, my, I would not be a, a sane human being considering where I come from if it wasn't for all these what I call heroes and angels across my life. Just have just come in there giving me little bits of wisdom, little guidance, a little encouragement, protection even. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's because of all these people that have come along the way to just teach me humanity and good and yeah. Mm, I love that. I love that you've got all these parent figures right throughout your life. And when you're open to that, that they can come flooding in, can't they? It's, they can. Yeah. When you're open to. If you're uh, open. Yes. Donna, like you hit it on the nail. If you're open, if you're vulnerable enough and you're kind of in that space that you're like, I want to hear, I, I got shit to take care of. Like there's, there's, there's something wrong here. I need help. And that's when goodness comes in, however it is that the universe is fit for you as long as you're open yeah (laughs) right because because we get all kinds of opportunities all kinds of different gems and sometimes we're just so preoccupied and we're unaware that that was 
oh, that was an opportunity or that was, mm. a good, you know what I mean? That was good advice. Oh, shoot. That was like it. We just missed that stuff, the yeah. goals, because we're not open. We're busy. We're distracted. We're yeah. we know it all. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But it is that thing of living in fear almost. When you've been through a lot of trauma, you do get very closed off yeah. to people because people are the thing that's hurt you the most. And so we get very closed and we think if we just stay within our little bubble, then we're safe. But opening ourselves up to all of that because there are so many beautiful humans in the world. Sometimes you look at the world and go, oh my God, what's going on? But there are so many beautiful humans. And when you're open to it, they will come to you, I believe. And at some point then you you met the man that you were going to marry and you speak about the fact that you both had trauma that you had to work through whilst whilst raising a a little daughter can you speak a little bit about that yeah I mean I met him through my best friend who is still dear friends with me and she was one of the first sort of angels and humans that kind of came in my life to just really teach me a lot she taught she still teaches me a lot and we got together had our daughter and we would go and visit his mom in the East Coast a lot. And I started noticing a trend with his mom, a dynamic between she towards him that was not healthy. And because I'd done some work on myself and realizing patterns, you know, patterns matter. And as a child, I, I was so watchful. So I realized people have a lot of patterns. They have things that they do. And I started noticing this really unhealthy pattern and it was not good or kind towards my husband or ex-husband now. And even for her, I mean, she didn't look really good doing what she was doing. And then I tolerated it for a few years until my daughter was getting old enough and understanding she was two. And, and I, I just would, you know, approach her and say, please stop doing that. That's not kind. It's not you don't look good. It's not good for him. He's a father. And now your granddaughter is understanding you don't, you're not looking great in front of her. And is this really how you want? I mean, I would tell her this, this woman, she was 70 years old. Like I was not afraid of, of, I said it nicely. And mm -hmm. this went on for some few months. And after a few months of her just dismissing me and telling me oh you're just you come from la la land you're over there in the in the clouds and just completely dismissing how she was ultimately talking to her son I said to my ex-husband I said I left my mother because there were bad patterns and there was a lot to be done there there was you know I, I left my my background I said I, I, I don't tolerate this kind of stuff I'm not going to tolerate it with your mother so, and it's not good for our daughter. I said, I'm, I'm done coming here. I'm, I'm sorry, but this is not good for you. And he noticed that, that there was a trend. So you just take a look at this. I said, but we're not coming back here. That's not good. We're not damaging this child because, you know, this woman. So, and we just never went back really, you know, unless we really had to. And, and he started doing some work on his own. Well, it was after some years, then that's, he, him realizing that pattern, what I had mentioned, he started paying attention to it and it started sort of elevating and, and it just caused issues in our marriage and he did address them and 
therapy and what have you, but you know, some things are deep. Some things are deep, especially that relationship with a mother and son, you know, the mm-hmm. mothers are supposed to be the nurturers, the lovers, the lovely, the feminine, the gentle. And he just didn't have that. So there's, there's a lot of work to, you know, the, the, yeah. it, it caused a lot of pain in their marriage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because the mother wound runs so deep. And yeah. obviously, I think most of the people in the world are walking around without even ever realizing that that's what's going on. And then somebody yeah. points it out. And, and then there's all the healing to go through. But yeah, it's such a valuable thing to do is to actually be aware, address it, work through it. And these things are not easy. But it is the path to living a much more beautiful life because um, you just get stuck in that sort of trauma loop. So what advice would you have for a parent who's raising a child when you've come from your own trauma, like bringing up your daughter? What, Mm -hmm. what, what advice would you have for people? What worked for you? Everybody does their own. They have to do their own formula, but what I, I wanted to do, I, I always knew I wanted a daughter and I, I had a sense that she was going to be a, a girl when I was pregnant. And thankfully she was and very healthy. And I, I knew I was going to be good. Like I had this intuition. I said, I'm going to be a good mom. And what my husband and I intuitively always wanted to do. And I did is to raise her based on her, who she was, not because of our lack of, not because mm-hmm. of, what, you know, we didn't get or because, or, you know, or give her what we got which was not good so just really raise her based on her individuality in every stage of her life from baby to two to three through teenager and stuff just help her spread her wings and so so then she could go off and one thing we always wanted to do is just raise her and let her fly like she owes us nothing our job has been you know to just really support this this human being that we brought into the world and it was it was not always I mean it was hard only in this in the basic stuff you know teenagers and hormones and that kind of stuff but it wasn't hard it was very easy because we just sort of always surrendered to just what do you need how can we help you and just discuss stuff yeah so it was so I would say raise your kids based on their needs who they are in this world at this time not your lack of get out of the way I it it took effort and sometimes I'd forget but I had to get out of the way and just not really bring a lot of my stuff onto her parenting is tough marriage is tough but just and get out of the way and check yourself I just I've often had to check myself and she's such a stellar human being she has a really good sense of boundaries. Now she checks me. And so that's actually not healthy that you're sharing this about my father or, you know, and not that I've gone deep read, like that's actually, that's not my business. Like, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. And I love that because that's exactly what we should be doing for our kids is just, it's got to be about what they want, what they need in past generations. It's been all about what the parents want and it's, so much that in some cultures as well 
so much pressure to be and do certain things. It's their life and they should be allowed to live it. And you're almost just like a guide, aren't you? You're just there to sort of stop them from falling and just keep them, you know, going in the right direction. Thank you for being on this journey of healing and community with me. If you listen on Apple, I would love it if you could take a moment to post a review for the podcast. It would mean a lot. Check the show notes for all links recommended in this episode. If you're on Instagram, follow me at My Big Love Project and please share this episode with someone you know needs to hear it. Thank you for joining me. You are such an incredible soul because you are you. You are unique, your journey is unique, and you can absolutely change the world with your story. Your time is precious, and I so appreciate you being here. Thanks for joining me. I'll catch you next week.